Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Show podcast. Hey, this is Matt Breckwald. It is great to have you back with us. And one of the things I like to do the most, and that is talk to the amazing students who have participated in or who are participating in the FFA. And we are very, very lucky to have with us today, Mr. Nathan Stastny, who just retired from the Idaho State Officer Team in the FFA. So Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's really a pleasure to be here. And I've enjoyed my time in the blue jacket and I love to share about that. Uh, Well, I'm so pleased to speak with you and I got to tell you how this interview came about. So apparently at the Twin Falls County Fair last year, uh, uh, somebody from DMB Supply was walking through, wanted to snap some photos and they took a great photo of you with your pig. Yeah, so I was just getting ready for to go into the show, show ring that day, and uh, a great photographer came by and wanted to take a picture, and I was like, why not? So <laughs> that's kind of what happened. So. Well, you never know. You say yes to things, and here you are. You're doing a podcast interview now. Yeah, it's a strange world, I guess. <laughs> it, is, just happen, so. it definitely is a strange world. That is a good way to put it. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I definitely want to find out all about what it is like to be a state officer, and in particular, here in Idaho. Before we do that, I would love to get to know just a little bit more about you and your journey. So where do you live? So I was raised on a calf ranch in Murtaugh, Idaho, um, population 100 and something. It's, I, I imagine quite a few people that be watching this would know where that is, but I really enjoy the town that I was raised in, uh, that small town feel. And I've always been raised in agriculture and involved in the industry in some form or way. Um, I started showing pigs, like mentioned before, and that was kind of my link at the very first. And I've had sisters who were involved in FFA before me, and I just wasn't quite sure that was for me as I entered high school, but Mm -hmm. I quickly found out that I enjoyed doing it. So I kind of stuck with that. And um, in high school, I participated in lots of different things. Uh, in FFA and I was pretty involved and I just really enjoyed uh, being able to compete and meet new people. And I guess that's kind of the reason I was heavily involved in FFA. Yeah, I'll say, uh, obviously you took it uh, to its extreme, which is awesome. It is something that makes me laugh about what you just said. So I know where Murtaugh is. Uh, My wife grew up in Buell. And so I've spent a ton of time in the Magic Valley and in Twin Falls County. And uh, I like how you say Murtaugh's got a small town feel. You know, in a town of a uh, hundred plus people, there is no other feel than a small town feel. Yeah. So I <laughs> guess that's probably true. I kind of contradict myself there, but that small town feel is just a little bit more special in Murtaugh. I might be a little bit biased, but uh-huh. Murtaugh really portrays that feel, even though it is a small town. So I guess that's where I'm coming from a little bit. Well, I'm just having a little bit of fun with you, but uh, I definitely know exactly what you're talking about. And I think you hit hit the nail right on the head there. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, Murtaugh is a cool place, but I think something that's been really cool about my state officer year is being able to travel over the state of Idaho and to find a little places like Murtaugh. Because before that, I thought Murtaugh was one of a kind, but there's definitely a lot more places like that in the world and Idaho for sure. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, growing up in Murtaugh, do you go to high school in Murtaugh? Is there a Murtaugh high school? So I was raised in Murtaugh. Um, I've lived in the same house my whole life, but 
Uh, both of my parents are teachers at Kimberly High School. Okay. So I went to school at Kimberly High School. Went to Kimberly. There is a high school in Murtaugh. They do a good job down there. And uh, I have lots of friends that have attended high school there. Okay. Now I've got to ask you about this. You're growing up on a calf ranch, but you're showing pigs. And I've had the same experience at my house. At, at my farm here in Cuna, we have cattle, we have goats, and we have pigs. And my daughter chooses to show sheep. So explain to me how this happens. Yeah. So uh, the calf ranch no longer exists, but okay. it was a replacement heifer calf ranch for the dairies around the Magic Valley. Okay. And um, so there wasn't really a good outlet to show those. And to be honest, they were more of a business venture. And um, my grandpa, he grew up raising, raising pigs. And I guess that was just kind of a natural tie. And we found ourselves showing pigs at the fair and we just kind of took it from there and we enjoyed it. So that's what we did. And we like to think we got a little bit sufficient at it by the time (laughs) we were done, but it was just a journey for us. It was a good time. So, well, I don't blame you one bit. Never in my life did I think I would have pigs. And then when I was going to college, I had to, I got an animal science degree. I had to take courses other than beef cattle and I took pork production and worked in the pig barn there at, at college and absolutely fell in love with raising pigs. I really enjoy having them around. So I totally get it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's crazy because they're actually one of the smartest animals. So they really put you through the ringer if you don't know what you're doing. So <laughs> it was definitely a learning curve. So sure. Absolutely. Well, you, you talked about your proficiency in the, in the show ring. Uh, what kind of success did you and, and your siblings have? Oh, so I have, four sisters. Um, all of us showed pigs for 10 years and, um, I benefited from their failures and, um, the learning that they had to go through, mm-hmm. which was nice being one of the younger children, but we always, um, put in the work and we find ourselves fairly successful. I think that's all you can really ask for. And I think we learned a lot from it. So, which is definitely more important than finding the success. Uh, we've had successful years, we've had down years, but overall just a good journey and quite a run for the Stastny family, I guess. Well, that's great. I'm happy to hear that. And uh, you know, what you just said shows a lot of wisdom. I think the fact that you had all of these sisters go ahead of you and you didn't just do everything your own. You didn't have to learn it the hard way. You were willing to look at some of what they'd done, some of the mistakes they'd made and learn from those. I think that demonstrates quite a bit of wisdom. One thing that you'll learn about me if you, if you know me very well is I'm very competitive. So I wasn't about to do the same thing they did, which wasn't <laughs> successful. You know? So absolutely, I, I wanted to win. So I wasn't going to fail the same way they did. That's just kind of how I look at it. And I don't know, being raised the way I was, I guess I recognized that you can't win everything and you got to try to learn from failures around you. So absolutely. Well, go well said very well done. Well, let's talk about your journey in the FFA a bit. So you said that at the outset, you know, it wasn't something that you were necessarily super enthused about. So what ultimately got you to become an FFA member? Yeah. So like I said, I have four sisters. Um, the three sisters that came before me, they two of them were state officers, and the other one was heavily involved as well. Um, I told myself that, hey, that's not really my thing. I don't want to be like my sisters, right? Uh, that's kind of a natural thing. Um, and I was like, I just don't know if I'll be as good at it as, as them, right? So I was like, maybe I'll try sports. I'll try 
other organizations. I'll do that kind of thing in high school. But I quickly found out that you can't take the ag out of me. I was <laughs> raised that way. And uh, that's just how I'll always be. So I quickly found that FFA is huge in the opportunities that it provides. And there was things that my sisters hadn't even come close to doing. And there was places for me to be different with an FFA. And um, that allowed me to embrace it, you know, and it took something that everybody has to do really in their lives is embrace what they are and try to grow within that. So um, I did that and I just found myself uh, enjoying it. And I asked my advisors what there was I could do. And I show up to more and more contests. I'd show up to all the chapter activities and um, I just enjoyed meeting people. I enjoyed being in the industry. I enjoyed everything that the FFA had to offer really. And I found out that it didn't matter if my sisters were, were good at FFA or not. I was there for myself. Yeah. Well, good for you. And how long do you think it took for that to click for you? Like, did it happen your freshman year? Did it happen your sophomore? When do you think that kind of kicked in? <laughs> so freshman year, I didn't do anything <laughs> okay. um, until the very end. And my advisor was like, Hey, you should be on the livestock judging team. And I was like, well, I guess I like judging livestock, so I guess I'll get on the bus. And then the next year, I did a little bit, and that's when it kind of started hitting home a little bit. So sophomore year, I'd say, is when the transition, I was like, whatever, I'll just do it. You know, that kind of thing kind of rolled in for me. And what officer positions did you hold during high school? So sophomore year, I was, no, junior year, I was the junior advisor of our chapter. and then. Senior year, I was the president of our chapter and the South Magic Valley District vice president. And then obviously last this last year out of high school, I was the state sentinel for Idaho. Awesome. So you were both the district officer and your chapter president during your senior year of high school. I was. Yep. Okay. And then how did that, how did that, I guess, manifest itself during your senior year? Did you have to take a lot of time off of school to accomplish both roles or was it all done extracurricular after school was over? Uh, it's all done extracurricular. Honestly, the chapter officer position was way more work. It was set up to be able to carry out all things necessary in the chapter um, for the Kimberly FFA chapter. But the district, it was planning fun events. It was getting people involved with our district. And it was it was a great position, but it definitely didn't have the weight of a chapter office. So it was able I was able to manage both those things and do it all extracurricularly. Okay. Now how do how does one become a state officer? What's the what's the transition and what's the process? Yeah. So every year around uh first of April, yeah. Idaho FFA holds their state convention. And during this portion of, of the year, there is a nominating committee and they go throughout that, that week of state convention and they interview the slate of candidates that are applying to be state officers. They go through many different rounds of uh, sifting and they make cuts and they eventually narrow it down to six individuals that are going to be serving Idaho FFA for the next year. Um, something that is pretty cool about that is you can run as a, as a senior 
in high school. Mm-hmm. But most of the time that's just for experience. And it's, it's not something that they usually get a state officer position that year, but they can run the next year as well. And the reason for that is because the dedication and time that goes into being a state officer. Um, and it just probably wouldn't be very successful as being still in high school. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to make sure I understand. So you're saying the first time you're eligible to run for state office is during your senior year of high school or during your junior year? During your senior year, I believe. Okay. Got it. So, and so that's what you wound up doing. Is that correct? No, I, I had graduated. Oh, okay. And my last SLC in high school, I ran. Okay. And then that would put me being a state officer for the first year after being in high school. Okay. I understand now. So that last state leadership conference, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you mentioned a term that I've been curious about and that is sifting. Can you explain to everybody what that is and how it works? Yeah. So basically at all levels of leadership within the FFA, there's sifting that happens for officer positions or leadership positions. Um, so at the state level, you fill out an application and then there's this pool of applicants and it, ultimately they need the six officers to fill the team um and then they fit they make a committee that decides who will be on that officer team um this committee then goes through and they interview and they sift out candidates or they that they want to be um their leaders for the next year okay um in the process there was rounds like personal rounds where it was just you and the committee. There was rounds where you had to deliver public speeches. There was rounds where you had to practice facilitating workshops or um, delivering content. Um, There was rounds where you practice your skills in business and industry, where you talk to people from the agricultural industry about topics or issues that are going on currently. Um, so just based on all this, they make cuts and decide who will be the next state officers. Wow. That sounds like an intensive process. It really is something that they've developed to, um, find who they think will be the best state officers for the next year. Cause there there's consistently 20 to 30 applicants every year and only six of them will mm. fulfill that yeah. um, position. So it's something that they worked out and it works pretty well for them. Wow. Now you just retired. So you just completed your year as a state officer. Is that correct? Yeah. So we had our convention, um, the first part of April, like it usually is. And, uh, that is when we retired and the new team was, um, selected and they should be off and running now doing all the things that state officers do. Okay. So what, what were those new officers? What should they be expecting as they, as they begin this journey, as they begin this year? Oh, those new officers, first of all, I, they're all going to do amazing. And I can tell by the way they act that they truly know why they want to be a state officer, which is awesome. But anyways, they, this year, they should be expecting a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. Um, but they should also be expecting opportunities to connect with FFA members across the state that allow them to grow as individuals but also allow them to make positive impacts in the, in the lives of those members that they meet. Uh, I think that was my favorite part of being a state officer 
was just being able to make that impact in those individuals' lives. And it maybe it wasn't a big impact, but it was just something that you could do. You know? Sure. So I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed being able to experience agriculture across the state. Um, recently, towards the end of our state officer experience, we got to tour a – so we toured Idaho Forest Group in Lewiston, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. And we just learned about how the lumber industry in Idaho is affected by their business and how they go through and they process that immense amount of wood. And it might not seem that amazing until you take a look deeper inside of it. And it's truly amazing, the technology that goes into that. And anyways, I guess where I'm going with that is just being able to experience agriculture on that level, Mm -hmm. which is cool. So there's definitely a lot of opportunities that state office opens to them. And I think they can make a really good impact. So absolutely. Now, do you, as a state officer, do you find yourself as more of a teacher uh, in going out to chapters and, and speaking with students in those chapters? Or are you more of an ambassador going out and representing the Idaho FFA as well as Idaho agriculture? That's a good question. Um, when I think about that. I think it's both. Uh, that might be a cop out. But, <laughs> it's not. Um, when you think about it, you're going out and you're teaching leadership skills. You're teaching agricultural knowledge. But in a way, you are an ambassador. You are one of their peers. You are there to teach them what you know, but also help them develop as individuals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, both. Short answer is both. <laughs> okay. Now, I mean, it sounds intensive. I mean, obviously you live uh, in Murtaugh uh, in, in the Magic Valley, but you're going up to Lewiston. So that's, that's a big trip in and of itself. For that year that you're serving as a state officer, are you expected to devote yourself 100% to that position? Or can you go to college if you want to go to college? Can you work full-time if you want to work? I mean, how does that part of it work? So as a state officer, um, there's no... There's no rules, but you're expected to get, there is rules, but there's no rules regarding that really. Um, You're expected to get your work done. You're expected to participate on the level that you signed up to participate in. Um, I went to college this last year. Uh, I took, I was barely a full-time student. I think I took 12 credits and I was busy, Um, but it can be done. I wouldn't necessarily recommend working full-time and I don't think that's something that most state officers pursue. Um, but I think they'd work with you if that's something that you had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically it's get your work done and uh, do what you signed up to do. And uh, you only have one year to do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You've got one year and you better make the, you know, make the most of it, but I'm sure there are people there kind of behind you helping you to do that. Yeah. So we were the six state officers and we were kind of in the forefront of Idaho Bay, but there was, so many people that were in the backgrounds constantly working to put on things and do things for us that um, we might not have been able to do on our own. And um, definitely they are extremely important for the success of Idaho FFA. Uh, The alumni, our executive director, they all do such an amazing job. And um, I know that, we couldn't have done what we did without them. And it's going to continue to be that way for Idaho. Yeah, that's great. That is really interesting. You know, in a, in a high school chapter, uh, you have an FFA advisor or maybe, maybe more, maybe you have more than one. Uh, but when you become a state officer, who is that, who is that guiding person, that person that you can look to for, 
for mentorship and advice and to ask questions to? I think it's a little bit different for every state, but here in Idaho, we have what's called an executive director. Mm-hmm. Um, our executive director is Ms. Claire Lee Evans, and she is awesome. And she was kind of that guiding advisor role for us. Um, we do have a state advisor and that's Mr. Lucas Barnett. And he was, he was there too. And he was great for us as well, but person that's going to travel with us mostly and to be that extreme advisor role is going to be that executive director. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of how it's been for a while. And I hope they, okay. but other associations, I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Well, what are you studying in college? Right now I'm attending um, the college of Southern Idaho. And I'm studying ag business. Um, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do with that yet. I'm thinking more along the marketing or management side of that. Not much of a fan of finance. Okay. Um, so I'll be looking into that a little bit more. Um, this will be my last semester there for now. And I'll be heading out on a two-year mission for my church. Awesome. Do you know where you're going yet? I'm going to St. Louis, Missouri. So, no kidding. Um the area is actually covers some Illinois and most of that border area there. Yeah. You'll have to report back to me. I know a lot of people that live in that Southern Illinois area, they're Cardinals fans, but then there's some diehard Cubs fans and there's a huge rivalry there. <laughs> I bet there's lots of different sports teams back there and they all run into different territory. So it could be interesting to see <laughs> how that rolls down there as well. I agree. Well, so is your journey in the FFA done or when you get back, are you going to be, uh, are you going to be seeking like an American degree or things like that? I think my journey in the FFA is done. Um, uh, obviously I'll always be a strong advocate for it and I'll always be a supporter in chapter and district events and that kind of thing. But, um, as far as my personal journey, I'll be done and I look forward to supporting the next generation of agriculturalists and in the corduroy jack. Awesome. Well, let me finish up with this. I'd love to ask your advice for incoming students, incoming freshmen out there. Uh, as you talk about the next generation, if you, if you were speaking to an incoming freshman and they were, they were trying to decide whether or not they should join the FFA and they just couldn't make up their mind whether or not it would be a good thing for them, what would you tell them if, if they were asking you that question? Uh, I would tell them that the FFA is huge. There's so many things that lie underneath the umbrella of FFA. And um, a lot of times freshmen come in and they, they try one thing and they don't like it and they never come back. Um, go in and try lots of different things because the FFA is so vast and so different that if you try multiple things, you're bound to find something that you enjoy. Uh, keep looking for that thing and try to find your avenue uh, within FFA because once you do, you will make friendships. You will have opportunities that there's very few places you can find them other than in the blue jacket. And I, I would challenge them to try to find their avenue. Awesome. That is a really, really good answer. Nathan, this has been a thrill. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this today. Definitely. I really appreciate doing it. And I uh, appreciate your time and for everything that you do to advocate for the FFA and for 4-H and anything that supports young agriculturalists. Well, everybody, it is always a thrill to speak with these unbelievable FFA students and uh, so thrilled to speak with Nathan Stastny today. And hey, to all of you, thank you so much for being here. We hope you have an absolutely great month. And until next time, enjoy your Western lifestyle, however you define it.